Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. Yep, it's me. I'm Tawana Rev T, your curator and host for Tuesdays with Tawana. Coming at you live on Facebook, recording for the podcast and the YouTube channel. Yeah, just creating things in the midst of chaos, being a creator, being an innovator, being an innovator, being uh, a place, creating a space and place where we can build community because I miss y'all. I miss y'all. So we know the rules, you know, we know the rules of engagement. You know, you make a comment, I'll acknowledge, shout you out, pop you up on the screen. We'll be in dialogue because it's not about me just talking for the next 30 minutes or so. It's about engaging. It's about building community. It's about sharing our thoughts and releasing and rejoicing and lamenting. And good morning, Mother Carolyn. Always, always, always an honor to see you. Both my mamas just came. This is what I'm talking about. Hey, Mama Lovey. I love you and I miss you. Thank you for tuning in. One from LA, one from Colorado. This is all right. Hey, brother. Always good to see you. Always good to get support. Loving support from the family. Shantae Sharp is in the building today. What's going on? Send my love to the fam, beloved. Thank you for joining Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so grateful. I love when Tuesdays come around because I get to engage and commune with community in the midst of this pandemic, of the coronavirus, in the midst of this epidemic called racism. Uh, Things are happening in and around us and what a beautiful time for us to create space for us to share. So if there's anything on your mind or anything that is going on, um, holla at your girl. It's not always scripted. Um, Sometimes I have some thoughts and ideas that I'll pop on the ticker that's scrolling below you, but we don't have to stick to that. We can always move and, you know, be amenable to whatever spirit is leading us to discuss. Mama, love you. Wait a minute. A little snow. Well, you know what? Snow is a good thing in Denver. Lifting up Colorado, um, not only the heat and the fires, so hopefully the snow will clear the air and put out the fires and um, really uh, diminish the, the amount of soot and smoke that's in the air. Concerned about you and many others, Mama Lovey. Concerned about my people in California where heat has, the the temperature has reached um, historic numbers, and that is not good for the health of anyone, let alone those who are already facing any type of health challenges with breathing or, um, you know, I mean, we're, 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 for the most part, quarantine anyway, but we're supposed to get out and move our bodies, right? And get some vitamin D through the natural sunlight. And how can you do that when it's 111 degrees? Or how can you do that when 
the fires are causing um, the air quality to be so poor. So much love and, and healing and blessings to all of you in Colorado and in California. Yes, Mama Levy, and, and for Rain in California and your, your family. Um, I hope all is well with the family in California. I'm sending love and light to them as as well. I, I talk to Mother Carolyn often, and she is constantly giving me updates about the the heat that's happening in California. And, you know, so all of these things, right, are, are, are happening. All of these things are, are happening. And, and I was reflecting on um, the, the term community, right? And how community, um, is, is not all, it doesn't always result in good things. Um, yeah. How do I want to talk about this? Um, you know, community, that there are times when like right now in, in certain communities, if you look a certain way or walk a certain way or talk a certain way, uh, people feel like they can degrade us and demean us and dehumanize, dehumanize us, dehumanize us in our own communities. Right. Hey, what's up, Tony? Good morning, my little sister. Good to see you. Amanda is in the building. I love you so much. Y'all chime in on this community piece. I'm struggling this morning with with community. Um, It's like leadership. You know, sometimes when we say the term leadership, we make an assumption that that means that that leadership is good. And leadership does not automatically mean good leadership. The adjective, there there does need to be an adjective to describe the type of leadership. And I think it's the same for community and being very mindful of your surroundings and mindful of the space that you're in and mindful of who is in your space, right? So community, right now, community is is disappointing us on various levels where I, I don't feel safe. When I go out to walk, I go out to walk in a certain area because the other area where I could walk is more residential and less public, and I don't want anyone calling the police on me. I, I have on a mask. I'm black. I have locks. I so that is not um, held in high regard in some areas. Unfortunately, as a matter of fact, they may not even see me as a human being worthy to walk on their streets. What's up, fam? Thanks for joining, Rodney. Always good to see you. Always good to see you, fam. Um, so I'm, I'm really struggling, right? And and how we we talk about empowering self. We, hey, Rosemary, what's going on? Glad you made it live on today. Thank you for joining. Ah, yeah, help me out with this community piece, yo. Like what? how how we're we're co-creators and and we are we are we are according to ubuntu and and our african traditional 
prowess and spiritual prowess. My humanity is inextricably bound to yours. I am because you are. That all sounds great. And then when we talk about the communities that we're in, where communities aren't even seeing us as human beings, that is problematic for me. So how do we then define community in these trying times? Amanda says, what are our markers of good leadership slash community? What are what are our markers of toxic, dehumanizing leadership and community? That's it. And those are questions that we should and could, we have an opportunity to wrestle with and define. It's, it's important that we define that because when we know better, we do better. I think it's um, Maya Angelou may have said this, um, or maybe not, but a, a, a prominent black woman talked about, you know, you make decisions based on what you know. And then when you increase your knowledge and increase your consciousness and your awareness, when you know better, you're called to do better. Right. So we need to identify and name and call out those injustices and those things that are causing community to be toxic, causing community to be dehumanizing, causing community to be um, downright violent. Right. Um, and, and so I, I want to be mindful of the space that I am in. And understanding that when I say community, it is important for us collectively to, to, to define what community we're talking about and who is engaged in community and how one is engaged in community. And are those involved in community speaking life and, and speaking wholeness and um, offering a space for this reciprocal relationship to happen where my humanity is inextricably bound to yours. And when we talk about community, we're not only talking about human beings, we're talking about the trees are in community with us. The sun is in community with us. The, the, the land is in the animals. These, this is all a part of community, all to be honored for what we are called to bring into life and bring into existence. So let me pause for a moment because each each segment of Tuesdays with Tawana, I want to make sure I do a cancer cannot moment. Um, I think this 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 moment of building community was born out of talking about my journey with breast breast cancer and talking about the challenges, the ups and downs, and finding the beauty in, in healing and understanding that healing ain't easy. Um, let me see. My brother Larry says, U.S. history explains that white fear is just another way to reinforce racial segregation. And that's happening in our communities, brother, right? Inserting that fear. And we, we talked about this the other week. We don't operate out of a space of fear. Yeah, there are times when fear might um, rear its ugly head, but we don't operate out of that space. We are to operate out of a strength of divinity. We are to operate out of a strength of, of a place of love. We are to operate out of a space of abundance and not lack or less than or dehumanization. We are to operate out of the amazing human beings that that we are and not letting the individualistic, um, racist, capitalist society impart their 
toxicity into our beauty, into our divinity, into who we are called to be. So I want to talk about Cancer Cannot for a moment, and I'll do this every week. I'll have a small segment, or it might be a large segment. I don't know. Who knows? But the word terminal, um, and I'm going to come circle back around to community with this. Um, the, the word terminal has shown up in my space and place over the last week or so. And hey, my little buttercup, Courtney in the building. Thank you for joining live. Appreciate you. Um, the word terminal, um, oftentimes, especially, and as a black woman, I'm speaking from my experience growing up, um, as a black woman in a black family, in a black community, um, the word terminal has this negative connotation to it. It usually means death, right? Terminal means, and and we're all going to die. We're all terminal beings. That's let's just get remove that off the table right now, or put a put it on the side, put it in the parking lot for a minute. But when we talk about cancer, and we talk about terminal cancer, um, my 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 dear late friend Amy, um, helped me to understand this because I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. Metastatic equates to stage four. When we hear stage four, oftentimes we, we, we may panic. This is my experience. Um, there's a panic or a fear that someone is going to die sooner than later, or someone is going to die too soon, or um, they're going to have to live um, under conditions that may not be the healthiest or the best of conditions, right? And I want to offer, I want to posit something in this and kind of shift this narrative a bit. Hey, fam, Khadija, what's going on on a lunch break? Wanted to catch me. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining. Um, I, I want to shift and offer a different way to think about this term called terminal, right? Especially when it relates to cancer and cancer diagnosis. So my, my late friend Amy said, being diagnosed with terminal cancer means that you have stage four, which means that that is the end of the staging process, not necessarily the end of your life. So stage four is pretty much this, the end, this, the, 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 the highest, if you will, in, in staging terms, that you can go. So being diagnosed with terminal cancer, there are people who live with stage four cancer for 10, 20, 30 years. And there are others who um, receive their healing on the other side because it was terminal for them on this side of life and has called them to a new beginning on the other side of life. So let's look at the definition of terminal for a moment. Um, so terminal is a, a forming or situated at the end or the extremity of something. So right now, stage four is the extremity of the diagnosis. Um, it is also um, incurable, meaning that if you are stage four, 
there is a likelihood that you would be in an ongoing maintenance program to keep the cancer contained or to keep it um, uh, at a point of no evidence of disease, right? Some people go into remission. There are so many different types of cancer, but I'm really trying to make this very simple for us. And terminal can also mean a point of connection. So as a former technician, um, and I used to put together junction boxes and run electricity and AC and DC to big power bays and stuff, but it, it's, it's a point of connection that completes a circuit. Rock with me for a minute. Then the word terminal, being from New York, Grand Central Station is also called Grand Central Terminal where all of these varying trains um, come in and it is the stop, right? It's the last stop, everybody has to get off. But we forget that that's a place where everybody gets on as well and starts a new journey. Tanisha says, thank you for this. It applies to what we are experiencing with Reggie's CHF diagnosis. Thank you. Just thank you. So terminal can be a beginning. My dear friend, Pastor Kendra Frazier, um, she has a live broadcast on Mondays at 10 Eastern time called Movement Mondays. And she didn't know I was gonna talk about this. I, I knew I was gonna talk about this because this term terminal just kept coming up in my world for some reason. So when I watched Movement Mondays, I was like, wow, endings are beginnings. So when we talk about terminal and having terminal cancer, it's really defining where we are in positioning ourselves in our lot in life, right? So I have terminal cancer, which is an opportunity for me to create a new beginning, a new way of living, a new way of showing up in the world, a new way of being. Terminal does not mean the end per se. It's the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Chadwick Boseman had terminal cancer, the end of this side of life to a beginning of something new that only he can experience right now. We don't know what the end might be. We don't know what is beyond what we see, but we do know that our hope and our faith tells us that there's something more to just this life, which is terminal, right? Mother Carolyn says, wow, thank you for sharing the clarity of terminal. Terminal can be a beginning, Tanisha says. Whoa, you are blessing me this morning. You just have no clue. This is why we do what we do, beloved, because sometimes we get so enmeshed in what this individualistic world is trying to teach us, and we so earnestly want to reach back and have our own Sankofa moment, as uh, the Honorable Angela Davis talks about. Sometimes this is the only way that we could tap into who we are and who we be from our African ancestry and bring it back to this moment so that we can use it and be antithetical to what community is trying to teach us. Community is trying to put 
on us and impart in us that is totally um, antithetical to who we be. Dr. Falami is in the building. Greetings, my dear sister. Thank you for joining. So terminal does not necessarily have to have this negative connotation attached to it. We define that. Now, let's be, let me just be real. No, not be real. We're real all the time because we're here. Um, let me wrestle with this before you right now. Um, Shantae said, definitely needed this clarification and understanding. I love you so much. I love you too, Shantae. Um, terminal. When my mom was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, um, it unfortunately, during that time, back in 1991 to 1993, the advances weren't so advanced as they are now. I'm sure they were more advanced than they were in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s, but they weren't as advanced as they are now. So they didn't really find her cancer until after some other things had already happened. So I didn't really understand the term metastasize. I didn't understand the word stage four. I don't remember that. Um, and, and so because not knowing, we lived into what was being, um, we lived out what we knew. And and in that moment, we knew that my mom had multiple myeloma and it had, it had already impacted her kidneys because she was going through dialysis and it was about to impact other organs because that's what multiple myeloma does when it metastasizes, right? So my mom, for me, looking back, did not have an opportunity to live out her her life in the fullness thereof because there was something that was imparted in us that really spoke um, a lack of hope, right? We had to create hopeful moments. Yes, we had our moments. We had those moments where she came home from the hospital and we were able to celebrate her birthday um, at home instead of in the hospital. And then we had those scary moments when she was in, in ICU. And at the time, we did not have an opportunity to redefine what those moments looked like. We only could rely on what science or doctors or someone outside of our African um, prowess would, would tell us or teach us, right? So that, that's all we knew. Um, Rosemary said, yes, once we reach terminal, we don't stay there. We pack up our belongings as we head to the next stage of our journey. So this is an opportunity for us to head to the next stage of our journey and not let others um, define what that journey might be. So now let's go back to community for a moment as we talk about redefining and reimagining and this Afrofuturism of seeing ourselves in a future differently than what community is trying to teach us. Now we have an opportunity to redefine what this terminal looks like. Where are we in this lot of our lives? How do we then want to show up? How do we want to redefine community and what is happening? So community will not be defined by our um, SES, our social economic status. Our, our community will not be defined um, only solely by the color of 
our skin. Yes, we bring our full selves to community. Yes, we bring dynamics to our, our community. Yes, we bring diversity to our community. But as Audre Lord said, these are the things that should bring us together to build community and not tear us apart. But if we begin thinking in this mode of whiteness, in this mode of white supremacy, right, then it becomes because you don't look like me, sound like me, act like me, make X amount of money like me or have privilege like me, then you are wrong. You are a mistake. You are dehumanized. And now we have the power to shift that and honoring who we be as we show up in this world called community and redefining what community looks like, redefining it that is that is absent of some materialism that defines us or absent of aesthetics or absent of um, what this American way is. So we bring to community the fullness thereof. We bring our heart, our mind, our soul, our skin, our language. So speaking of language, let's talk about language for a moment. Um, hey, Darlene, always good to see you, beloved. Always much love to you. So let's talk about language as we're talking about community, as we talked about terminal. Now let's talk about this thing called language. I was having a beautiful conversation with Mother Carolyn on yesterday. And as I was preparing for um, an upcoming colloquium with um, Antioch University and Dr. Falami is on. She is leading this um, continuing education on Saturday from 12 to 5. It's free. Um, go on to my LinkedIn page. You'll see it. I'll post it on to my Facebook page, um, continuing education credits, talking about community, talking about peace, talking about healing in community. So let's talk about language for a minute because um, the, the late um, Paolo Freire talks about um, language being more than linguistic. It's an actual ideology. So it's an actual way of being, a way of thinking, a way of showing up in the world, which is why our colloquialisms are so important, because we connect to this language that we create in our communities, right? Sup, fam? What's good? I'm good, you know, what's really good, what's really going on, I ain't about that life. All of that is not to be negated because it doesn't sound a certain way, but it builds community and it brings us together and it offers an opportunity for others to look inside our worlds as we, our worlds as we define who we be and how we show up in the world. So language is so important as we are building community and fighting for our lives because language then, right, it fosters togetherness, Dr. Falami. It, that language is, is that common link that keeps us together, right? Which is why when during the transatlantic slave trade, one of the first things they did was not only separate us um, from our families, but they also separated us because they then separated the different tribes who spoke certain languages so they couldn't communicate with one another. 
So it's so important that we look at language as a way of how we show up in the world. It is an ideology. It is a thought. It is a feeling. It is a way of being. It's not just linguistic, which is why white people think that they can just walk up to black people and say anything because they don't understand the depths or they might understand the depths of language and how it impacts someone. So it's so important that we counter that narrative. We counter what they are doing um, as, in attacking us through language. And we now redefine and recreate and reestablish who we be through this ideology of language. So we now turn terminal upside down and we turn it into a new beginning. We, we, we take a language of racism and hate and we turn it around into loving ourselves and not feeding into the status quo, not conforming to whiteness, not conforming to um, ideologies of hate and racism and sexism and phobias. We turn that around upside down on its head so that we then speak life not only into ourselves, but into our communities, because we can't give what we don't have. We can't pour from an empty cup. We can't teach teach what we don't know. We can't um, preach what we don't experience. So we now turn that language into an empowering moment that brings us together first and foremost, and we begin to shift a narrative so that we can live and not die at the hands of ideologies that are rooted in racism and hate and dehumanization. So I'll leave you with this. Um, on this breast cancer journey, um, you know, going through ups and downs, and we have journeyed together using this parallel of life and life experiences along with this breast cancer journey, which is then parallel to someone else's breast cancer journey or cancer journey or other diagnosis. Um, we, we've used that in tandem, right, in parallel with one another so that we can build community. And that way we build a language of, of love and life and healing that ain't easy, but we are going to do the work necessary internally so that we can then pour out and do the work externally to bring us together, which includes forgiveness, which includes love, which includes divine being, which includes um, seeing another and honoring another right from where they are meeting people where they are and journeying together. So this is what these moments are about. And I'm so grateful that you continue to join me. Hey, DG in the building from Harlem. Yeah. Preacher, teacher, a lesson for us all. Hugs from Harlem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to just leave this up here from Dr. Falami. Um, the language fosters um, togetherness. So as we leave this moment, but never leaving our connection because our co connection transcends space and time, community is about energy that brings us 
together an energy that speaks life, that's reciprocal, that builds and 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 tears down what needs to be tear torn down so that we can build together new communities and new way of new ways of being and new ways of living and new ways of experiencing life that is more abundant. Um, new ways of life that where we don't have to um, succumb to the ills of the world and we will no longer die at the hands of systemic ills like racism and sexism. We we will continue to speak life as more than just being linguistic, we will speak life as a way of being, a way of honoring who we are. Ron Medlin is in the building. Great to see you. Great to see you as always. What's going on, Jill? Y'all, those in Colorado support Susan G. Komen and their More Than Pink Walk. We got the CEO of Susan G. Komen, Colorado, in the building. Dear friend of mine, so grateful for you, Jill. So as we close, be encouraged. Understand that we have the power to use these words to co-create. In the midst of this chaos, we can create peace. In, in the midst of, of the unknown, we can create something together, something beautiful, something dynamic, something life-giving, something that is reciprocal, that builds relationships, through our language, through our way of being, through our thinking, through our hope, through our prayers, through our sending love and light. This is what community is about. This is how we build community, having the tough conversations, having the tough conversations about gang violence in our community, meeting people where they are right in the streets and journeying with them toward health and wholeness, helping each other economically, spending our Black dollars in Black communities and recycling Black dollars. This is how we build community, which is antithetical to what the white world is trying to impart um, the definition of of community. Um, <laughs> Ron says, um, I love this, Tawana, a thousand better than my manager, Tawana. Yes, Ron used to work for me. Um, yeah, that's for another podcast. <laughs> Big ups to all of my technicians. I love y'all to the moon and beyond. I am because you are, and I am grateful. So listen, thank you for joining Tuesdays with Tawana. Thank you for not leaving me out here alone. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for building community, one Facebook Live at a time. For those that may miss the Facebook Live, you can catch the recording. You can catch it on the podcast. I usually repost it. So while you're in your car, you can just spend 30 minutes with me. You can leave comments on Spotify or on Anchor. But listen, I love y'all. I love y'all so much for rocking with me. I appreciate taking you taking the time out to be with me, to journey with me, to build community. Let us use our language to create, to speak life, to build up, to tear down what needs to be torn down and to come together and do what we need to do. Finally, make sure you are registered to vote. If you don't know or you want to make sure, go on to soultosoulsisters.org. The website is in the ticker. Click on voter engagement. No matter what state you are in, you can click on your state and it'll take you to your voter engagement um, 
uh, website and you can make sure that you are registered to vote. And then those that are willing and able, once you are registered, please make sure you go out to vote. Vote early if it's an opportunity in your state. Um, walk to the poll and drop it off if there's a polling site. If there are ballot boxes, take it to the ballot box. If you need help, reach out to community, reach out to Soul to Soul Sisters, because we must come together as a Black community and make sure that our voices are heard. Our voices are heard in many different ways, but particularly through this opportunity to vote. This is a pivotal election for us. Our lives depend on it. Ron, I love you. Reverend Dr. Regina Groff, I love you so much. Thank you for who you are in my world. Judy, K Reverend Judy Cato is in the building. I love you. I love you, brother, for always rocking with me, always supporting me. We are on this journey together. I love each and every one of you. My mothers that come on the line, as I mentioned, I you know lost my mom on this side in 1993. She is with me amongst the ancestors along with my dad always at my side, holding up my arms, loving me beyond measure. And I am grateful that the universe saw fit to bless me with other people like Mama Lovey and Mother Carolyn to be a guide and to be a light in my life. So listen, my time is up. Make sure you vote. Soultosoulsisters.org can make sure you're registered. Yes, Regina, just put it in the comments. SoulToSoulSisters.org. Make sure you vote. <sighs> Thank you for rocking with Tuesdays with Tawana. I'll see you next Tuesday. I'm out. Peace.